we back we are back good morning good evening afternoon and or night you are tuned right in to the three count larry podcast with the captain of the broadcast lt and if you don't know let me explain this podcast is dedicated to discussing three opinions on topics in wrestling during the week that could be news that could be promos that could be matches from all shows in wrestling from from wwe aw nwa um you know new japan anything and everything wrestling i'll pick out three topics during the week and we'll discuss them here now those topics in the regular world would just be called topics but see because it's wrestling and because I consider myself the most official of officials. See, I wore the zebra shirt. So therefore, I am the ref. These are going to be called one, two, three counts. Three count Larry podcast with three counts, a.k.a. discussion points. And I want to say, we're coming at you today with three spicy, spicy habanero jalapeno ghost pepper field discussion points in wrestling and in wrestling programming but before i get into today's counts i gotta ask what was your first wrestling memory could be of all time could be you know the first time you turn on the tv and saw something crazy you want to be a wrestling fan but it, it could be something that drew you to the business i want to know as for my personal answer i'll answer that in the outro but I want to know your opinion. So hit me on Twitter at LT3CL. And while you're there, go ahead and hit the follow button and expect a follow back in like two minutes or two hours. Depending on how the day is going, don't kill me for it. But without further ado, let's get into this first count right now. elements topics segments of raw that caught my eye this week and i gotta discuss them this is for the i believe what's this day? i believe it was the 8th of march raw and i gotta get into some things about this because i want to start with, start out with a positive and then we will end on the negative. So, positive. Raw begins, and it has Bobby Lashley and the Hurt Business walking through a corridor, all draped in gold. MVP has the pimp cane. I mean, it just looks just badass. Just looks like these guys come, and they mean business, and everything's great. Bobby gives an interview. Sounds like a million bucks. And then it goes to The Miz, who basically recaps what happened the week before which Bobby did in his uh, interview previous to that and now we're set for a championship rematch now if you were in the news or if you had seen the news what was planned for the Raw was the Hurt Business celebration of Bobby Lashley's title uh, title capture last week that's not what happened that got scrapped in favor of an automatic rematch which if I'm not mistaken, a couple years ago, we were told we're antiquated. But at this point, you know, wrestling is changing and we, we got to change with it. And 
with WWE, they changed their mind like a girl changes clothes. You heard the Katy Perry song. You know what I'm talking about. So it, it's 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 just what it is. We just have to roll with it, kind of. But anyway, um, Bobby Lashley comes out, and let's just get into this this real quick. His entrance is like god level. Like he had a whole video bumper before he came out that you know were saying stuff, and it was showing. You know, little flashes of Bobby Lashley here and yellow and, you know, here, 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 doing all this stuff. And then yellow lightning comes from the ceiling. So now we know, okay, Bobby means business. Bobby ain't messing around. So Bobby comes out. The Miz is is there and he's ready for his, uh, his rematch for the title. And I'm not going to lie. A part of me thought that part of me kind of had this idea and was like I, I hope it doesn't happen but you never know a part of me was thinking man I hope they don't just revert back and give back to the Miz I hope they don't have Bobby Lashley just have a weak reign and then that's it because they've done it before you know other champions so but the match starts and Miz is trying to outdo him with quickness Bobby's coming with the power Bobby hit a, a massive spine buster uh, later in the match, the Miz was getting his steps in, getting his hits in here and there, but ends up tapping out to a hurt lock the way that it should be. And while the match is going on, I must also uh, include that Drew McIntyre is watching from the back because he thinks, you know, I'm in line for the title. And he was rightfully, you know, rightfully deserved it, right? So I, I want to go over, I went over this this segment to say that I, I really enjoy the presentation of Bobby Lashley. He is presented like a champion. The first week, you know, from the start of the show, who the champion is. I mean, it's the same thing with Drew. Um, it, it, it was the same thing kind of with Brock a bit, but Brock wasn't there enough. But definitely with Drew and now with Bobby, you turn on Raw, you know who the champion is. He's there, he's dripping in gold, he's got the suit on he looks like he's ready for business because it is the hurt business you know not the hurt playhouse you know not the hurt daycare it is the hurt business and that's it just it just it just looked great um so i really enjoy that and i like his presentation and i hope they really go from where they're at right now with him and take it to another level you know um his wrestlemania insurance has got to be just badass i want to see gold tights i want to see a gold presentation i want to see him have like dudes with suits lined up on the alleyway you know not john cena style but dudes with suits on the alleyway you know kind of bowing down showing reverence to him as he comes out as the almighty ceo of pain you know ceo of the hurt business comes out to defend his title so I'm interested to see what happens from there. Uh, as far as the Miz, I really could give uh, really like two shakes of a stick. What happens with him? Um, he 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 won the title only just to lose it, and I'm fine with that. And I'll just leave it at that. This next segment that I want to get into uh, pertaining to Raw is a bit of a negative, and I'm gonna go ahead and just rip the Band-Aid off. What the hell is wrong with Shane McMahon? What's wrong with him? What's going on? Um, and, and he sounded like there was something going on, something wrong with him. 
And now with certain things coming out, I guess it was planned. But let me backtrack and break down the scenario. So as the night goes on, Braun Strowman um, demands an apology from Shane McMahon. He goes out to the ring and demands an apology because he feels like he's being slighted by the authority. You know, he feels like management doesn't like him and whatever. And Shane decides, comes out and says, I'm sorry. And then walks to the back. And silly me thought it was over. Silly me thought it was over. But no. Later in the night, Shane decides to say, hey, I'm not done talking to Braun. I'm going to go back out there. Now, that makes no, no sense. Not even the sense that God gave geese. No sense at all. So, anyway, Shane goes back out. This is later in the night, mind you. This is, you know, 45 minutes later. Goes back out and calls out Braun. Or, or I think Braun went out, maybe called out Shane. I'm not sure how the entrances worked. But Shane is in the ring and then gets out of the ring and says, I want to say this to you face-to-face as he backs up towards the ramp. That was kind of funny. And then he starts to have this... I don't know. He forgets the words. I was thinking he forgot his lines. I didn't know what was going on. He's just stammering over himself and breathing super hard. <laughs> what, I, what I wanted to say. What I... What, what I... What, what I... What, well, well, what I, what, I, what, what I was trying to say, well, what, what, I mean, there's two ways to look at this. One way is the casual fan way of what the F is going on. I don't understand this. The other way is the smart mark. You know, they're working us and I got worked. That's the truth. They're working us. The more somebody does something like that and creates that tension, the more you want to know what they got to say. And if what they got to say isn't good, it just ruins it, right? So what the payoff to this was basically Shane McMahon calling Braun Strowman stupid. And Strowman proving that point just after he calls him stupid. Let me let me keep going with the segment. So Shane basically calls him stupid, basically says, you know, I wouldn't call you stupid. I wouldn't name you as stupid, you know. I would basically, you know, I wouldn't call you stupid, but, you know what I'm saying, so Shane says something to the tone of that. Braun says, I've had enough, I've had enough. And he just runs after him. Shane gets into a car, seemingly. Braun chases after him to the car. The car speeds off. Braun just walks away, casually. Like, the scene's over? All right, I'm going to lunch. Just walks away, casually. Like, everything is fine. While Shane comes out of the camera from the right side, or uh, from my right watching, uh, would be the, uh, their left, comes out from the side of the camera and just looks at him, kind of like, you are stupid. So he calls him stupid, and then Braun just proves the point right afterwards. I had so many issues with the segment. I'm sorry. I had so many issues with it. On one hand, I'm like, what's the what is what's going on like who's the baby face who's the heel like shane is still getting chanted champ pipes when he goes out there they're still piping in shane on mac they're not piping in any brawn you know i understand and i see what they were trying to do with the whole stammering and you know waiting to say what they had to say kind of thing 
what it seems to be this is this report came from i believe it was sean ross sap um that the reason uh, for fightful the reason why they're doing it is to basically to make him less likable going into the, the inevitable wrestlemania match and with shane mcmahon given his his history i don't think it's that hard to make him like not likable like braun Strowman is not likable he's just not he used to be he was hot for a little bit but he's not likable anymore braun's gonna be the heel regardless especially when you head but head but an official for saying last but not least back in the fall come on oh man I, that, so that so my so my issues I, I'll, I'll i'll go down the list my issue, number one, with the segment, like I said, I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand who the face and who the heel is. Number two, number two, there's a better way to get to this. If you're trying to make Shane McMahon not likable and Braun the baby face, there's better ways to do this. I mean, you're kind of sowing those seeds there, but I mean, Braun could have a match. Shane interferes, causes the loss. Um, Braun goes for a title. Shane interferes, causes the loss. It's a title match. He's mad. Build the tension. Build, build, build. We got a program. Like, you can do so much more than this subtle, you know, I don't know how to talk. I forgot my lines. I'm not calling you stupid. Like, it, it's it's so, it's PG what it is. And I, I, I don't know why I'm getting angry about that or why I'm right up about, about that. It's PG. It's what it is. So, we just have to kind of go from that point. But I will turn around and I will say this because for every negative, I can understand why they're doing the writers and and people backstage believe this is the best way to get Shane off as 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 not likable. And did it work? Did Did I not like him? Yes. My reasoning for not liking him to those writers does not matter. Whether it's I don't like him because he forgot his lines and I'm like, what's going on? Or I don't like him because he's not telling you what I want to... He's not elaborating. Either which way, I don't like him and they got the response they wanted. So, on one hand, come on, WWE, get a little better. On the other hand, you got me. Right? You got me. You worked me. But yeah, for this first count, that's all I've got. Those two segments, one being bad, Bobby Lashley retained... One being, sorry, good... Bobby Lashley retaining the Miz looking like a chump because he is a chump. Um, that's just my opinion. And then the second one being a little negative with this Braun and Shane match. I don't really care for it. And the build is not very good unless we get a drastic change around. This might be the match that I'm getting nachos for. I don't know. We'll see. This second, this second count, um, this second, you know, topic. I want to get into AEW. Uh, Wednesday, I believe it was March the 10th uh, edition of AEW. Man, there, there is a, there's a program that there's a moment in this show I want to get to because it's it's one of the best things I've seen in a while. 
and you kind of felt like it was coming, but you didn't quite know, you know, you felt like this moment was coming, but you didn't know, and this show confirmed it for me, so I'm talking uh, specifically about the Inner Circle War Council uh, segment, and I, I want to go play by play with it because I want to explain exactly what happened and why it was so good. So I'll break it down. So as AEW, as the show goes on and it, it's great, uh, Darby Allen has his match against Scorpio Sky, defends. And as a viewer, I'm thinking, okay, we still got some time left in the show. At that point, I had forgotten about the war council that was supposed to happen at the end of the show. And this was going to be a promo segment between the Inner Circle where they said something has to change. You know, MJF and Chris Jericho went to Revolution, the previous pay-per-view, and they didn't win the tag titles. And they felt like, okay, well, the inner circle as a group needs to change. So, here we go. So they come out, and the crowd's singing the song, and everybody's ready to go. And you got all the members in the ring. You got Jake Hager. You got uh, Proud and Powerful, Santana Ortiz. Um, you got Jake Hager in there, you got Chris Jericho, you got MJF, everybody's ready, right? So, they get into it, and Jericho talks about, you know, in war, how when a strategy needs to change, they have a war council to figure out what's next, and the inner circle needs that because something's gotta change, and possibly could be a new member. At that point, well, you know, as fans, as a fan, I'm like, whoa, new member, great, that's gonna be awesome. Like, who are they gonna add into the inner circle, right? Who's next? But as soon as he says new member, Sammy Guevara's music hits. Now, Sammy Guevara, um, if you've been keeping up, you know Sammy Guevara was a part of this group, the inner circle, but he left due to MJF coming in and kind of, you know, driving a wedge between him and Chris Jericho, so he was out. But now he's back and he's got something to say. Uh, he goes to Chris and says, Chris, Chris, I've known you for a while. I got something to show you. I got to show you something. I got to show you something. And Chris, reluctantly, whatever, fine. Looks at some video footage and it shows MJF trying to talk to the inner circle, sans Chris Jericho, without Chris Jericho, and talk about throwing him out of the group. That was the plan. I'm throwing, we're going we're gonna to throw him out of the group. And... So once that's revealed, MJF goes, well, I'm sorry. I didn't want you to find out this way and tries to turn the inner circle on Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. When it seems like they're about to fight and something's about to go on and what's going to happen with this great group, Santana, Ortiz, Hager, they turn around to MJF revealing, dude, we're the inner circle. We were the group before you came in. So do you think we don't talk to each other? I mean, it was great. They turned around and MJF was playing that, you know, cocky, you know, you know, chicken crap heel where he's thinking, oh, no, no, please don't don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. Don't beat me up. And as a fan who's been watching wrestling for over 10 years, whenever I see the heel in peril like this in my head, I'm like, it's not going down that way. It's five on one. They're not going to beat him down. Like, although he deserves it, he is the heel. He's not getting beat this way. Something's got to happen. And as he's in the corner, he says, I'm sorry, Jericho. I wasn't trying to break up the inner circle. I wasn't trying to break break up the inner circle. You know, I wasn't trying to take over, you know, whatever, whatever. 
I was too busy building my own. And as soon as he said that and the lights cut out, I jumped up from the couch. I jumped up and I said, he's got the horseman with him. He's got the horseman with him. If you know, uh, AEW has been kind of sowing the seeds of this new faction between Tully Blanchard, FTR, and uh, the newly returned Sean Spears from last week. And they're supposed to be like the new kind of, I guess, four horsemen that was rumored months ago. So in my head, I'm like, he's got the new horseman with him. New horseman, new horseman. Great, great, great. Lights come up. Of course, it's Wardlow, it's Tully, it's FTR, and it's Sean Spears. And they commence to beat down. Just beat down the inner circle. It, it, it was crazy. Um, it, it was crazy the way they were doing it, the way they just went in there. And they went for it. They didn't care. They were handcuffing them. They were handcuffing all of them. And they beat Chris Jericho down. They took Chris Jericho to the top of the stage and power bombed him through two tables and stood tall to end it all. And for a show that was interesting but hadn't really hooked me, this angle hooked me. This angle made me excited. Like, okay, what's next? Are we going to have a five-on-five match? Like, how's this going to go? When is Chris going to come back? Because I know they they got, they got to write him off TV. I mean, with this kind of a, a power bomb off the table, off the, the top of the stage, he's probably getting written off TV. But what's going to happen, right? So with this segment, man, I, 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 I recap this and I go over this to say, I mean, great job, AEW. Like, way to take a negative with the debacle on Sunday and the sparklers and completely revert and, and completely change the focus from, oh, bad sparklers, no deathmatch, to inner circle versus new MJF faction. I mean, we all know MJF is great. MJF is, is just the, one, one of the greatest heels of our generation he just gets it he understands he's what i aspire to be to be honest with you that the just the way he's able to keep that that gimmick of i'm the, i'm the badass and i believe in his real life he believes that that's why he's so good at what he does so i just love anything that he's in and now jericho and, and the inner circle and everything like that i mean and now here's another faction um in AEW. now here's another group in AEW for championship gold i mean it's aw is really wide open they they really did a great show and this angle really sold me on faction warfare it, it reminds me a little bit of uh late 90s wwe you know you know late 90s doa degeneration x nation of domination you know so so many groups at the time but yes all in all great segment i'm excited aw waited hit out of the park and i can't wait to see what happens next week Last but not least, last but not least, let's discuss, let's discuss. So I want to talk about SmackDown this week, uh, March 12th. Uh, I want to talk about one moment in particular on the show. And that has to do with the Intercontinental Champion, Big E, Big E Langston. He cut a fiery promo on Apollo Crews. 
a a fiery fiery promo that really i mean it, it sounded rambly but i really got the emotion behind it but let me go ahead and back up and give you some context so apollo cruz wants to challenge big e for the intercontinental championship and a couple weeks ago um, after a match Big E had, Apollo Crews threw some stairs onto Big E on the side of the ring, which put Big E out for like two weeks. So this is Big E's return. This is him coming back and stating his claim and, you know, saying what he wants to say. And I'm going to start out. I'm going to start out and just, just, just share how it goes. So Big E comes out and he comes out all bandaged up. And with crutches and a neck brace as if this chair shot, or sorry, this uh, this this stair shot really, really got him. But then as he's walking, he starts to take everything off. It's the whole gag of, ha, you thought I was injured? Ha, but I'm not, kind of thing. So he's doing that, and he starts to get into it, and he's playing to the crowd, and he's doing his usual, you know, kind of dancing a little bit as he goes to the ring. Then he gets in the ring. And once he gets in the ring, this is when serious Big E engages. He takes he takes the microphone and starts to talk about laying in that hospital bed and what he was thinking. And he became filled with emotion and talked about, you know, now you've made me go biblical. Now I have to go Old Testament. Now it's an eye for an eye. Now it's, you know, you take one of mine and I take two of yours. Now, when you build your house, I bulldoze it. You know, I got I to gotta maim you now. And he kept going on. He said this. This was very good. He said it wasn't enough to pin him. I can't. It's not enough for me to pin you. I got to end you, man. I got to end you. And I was like, hmm. Yeah, he mean business. This ain't the usual happy-go-lucky Big E. This guy is angry. So then... He proceeds to say, you know what? We ain't got to wait. I want to do it now. You know, come on out here. Come on out here. And he calls Apollo Crews out, but Apollo refuses to come out. Wasn't Doesn't come out. In his place uh, comes Baron Corbin. And then after that, Sami Zayn. Uh, basically uh, trying to get a title shot themselves because Big E was having an open challenge afterwards. And they bicker about something and, you know, it becomes, uh, it becomes Sami Zayn, you know, getting in the ring. And then that leads to a Sami Zayn versus Big E match for the Intercontinental Championship. And that goes on for as long as it goes on. It's, it's okay. It's fine. But it doesn't last very long because out of the blue, um, Big E wins the match. And then out of the blue... Apollo Crews' music hits, so you know he's coming out. But Big E does the thing that, that most babyfaces don't do. Most good guys in wrestling, they don't do this. Big E turns around, and instead of looking at the ramp, he's looking behind him because he knows the music hits, he's going to come from behind me. That's usually the way that heels do it. Usually bad guys do that. But the one angle he wasn't looking at was to the side of him, which is where Apollo Crews slid in. Began to beat Big E down, hit him with at least, uh, you know, two uh, slam, angle slam looking uh, finishing moves. And then proceeded to hit him with stairs um, on, on his shoulder. So he then uh, proceeded to hit him with, uh, on the shoulder with stairs. 
So, I mean, at that point, this has got to be leading to a title match at Fastlane, right? That's where this has to be leading. You know, and I'm I'm so excited because this is the big E I've wanted to see. I've wanted to see the serious, no, no BS, you know, butt kicker coming out. Don't care what's going on. I'm knocking you out kind of thing. And that's what I want to see from him. Now, although this segment was fantastic, I got a nitpick. I do believe it would have been a little better had Big E not done the the laughing, joking kind of I'm taking off my bandages and I'm not really hurt and then kind of getting into it with the crowd and, you know, and then he comes in the ring and becomes serious. I'd rather him come down to the ring, no nonsense, no laughing, no joking, taking a mic and then cutting that same promo. And then I would have thought he's 100% B.A. You know, he's 100% no no B.S. He's 100% mad. Now I'm thinking, ah, he's 80%. That 20% still want to mess around and play around and laugh and everything. So I don't know. And I think it's a criticism of, of the wider wrestling community that everybody wants to see him kind of turn into that, um, I guess, not Farouk, not like Nation of Domination, but we want to see him in that no-nonsense kind of kind of uh, behavior. Kind of like Bobby Lashley on Raw, but we already have a Bobby Lashley, and there's only, only one Big E in WWE, so, you know, I, I, I can stand to be corrected there. But I'm super excited for what's going to happen with Big E. I hope that him and Apollo have a great, you know, match. Well, hopefully hopefully with, with a stipulation, whether it be last man standing or something like that. Hopefully something that can pop and show the Intercontinental Championship and show that area, that mid card is actually popping. So I'm super excited for that. But I just wanted to share that this is this is going to be the last count um, of the episode. I like it, and I can't wait to see what happens next. Hey, that's it, folks. That's all she wrote. I hope you've had a great time listening here on the Three Count Larry podcast. And I want to—I want to say, you know, these three discussion points that I discuss on the show, whether they be. You know, Bobby Lashley being just the the B.A. that he is or MJF forming this new group and taking over AEW or Big E finally coming in to that no nonsense, no BS taking guy that I want to see. Wrestling this week has been amazing. Pro wrestling is is living in a renaissance and we all just got to sit back and enjoy it. Right. But before I go, before I close the door and kick you out, I want to explain and I want to answer that question that I posed in the beginning. So I asked, what was your first wrestling memory, right? And for me, my first wrestling memory that I remember um, goes back to, I want to say, 2006. Um, I knew about wrestling when I was a kid, played the games, but didn't really wasn't really into it. But the first memory that I had was watching uh, Monday Night Raw after some friends from school told me about it and watching uh, DX and John Cena and Randy Orton and Edge, Ray Darko and, you know, all the stuff that was going on there. Umaga, you know, Bobby Lashley, 
this, the, the kind of things that were going on at that time. That's my first wrestling memory was sitting in front of that, that TV and just being glued and having to go to bed, you know, before the last hour of the show. I hated that, but that's my first wrestling memory. That's why those guys stick out in my opinion because, I mean, John Cena was holding it down at that point. So that's my first wrestling memory. I was all the way back in 2006, you know, over 10 years ago. So it was just, just, just great just fantastic but i want to thank everybody for tuning in to the three count lariat podcast with your host of the broadcast lt and i want to say go ahead go on twitter lt3cl find it hit that follow button send me a message send me some feedback tell me if the show was good did you like it what do you want to see what what kind of ideas hit me with your answers to the questions and while you're there go ahead hit that follow button and expect the follow back in like two seconds, two minutes, and or two hours, depending on how things go, don't shoot me. But I want everybody to remember this. When life hits you with a lariat, kick out before that three count. Peace.